Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sam! <laughs> Do something, He-Man. By the power of what? You ready? in the zone coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only racing casino resort. Now, here's Justin Ankry and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% luck, 5% skill, 5% Need his name up in lights. He just wants to be heard. Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone. In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code. It's not about the salary, it's all about reality and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up. That means when he puts it down, talks picking it up. Let's go. Anyway, he never really talks much Never concerned with status But still even him starstruck Humble through opportunities Given despite the fact That many misjudge him Cause he makes a living From writing rats Put it together himself Let a picture connect Never asking for someone's help But to get some respect He's only focused on what he wrote His will is beyond reach And now it all unfolds The skill of an artist 20% skill 80% fear Be 100% clear Cause why you was ill Who would've thought He'd be the one That set the West in flames then I heard him wreck it with the crystal method, name of the game Came back, dropped mega death, took him to church I like bleach, man, why you had the stupidest verses? Dude, it's the truth, now everybody giving them guest spots His stocks through the roof, I heard him from with that guy 10% luck, 20% All right, welcome into the zone. It is a terrific Tuesday. Should come up with the top ten list. They didn't. We do have some guests coming up. I want you to stick around all day today. We're going to have some fun. Pat Bradley will join us in our second hour. We'll talk about the SEC. I was I was telling the morning guys, I'd like to talk about all the SEC teams except for Arkansas if we can get by with it, but I don't know that we can. <laughs> the SEC teams are moving on up in the national rankings. Tennessee now fifth. Kentucky 6th, Auburn 8th, and Alabama and Ole Miss are just outside the top 25. So I think the uh, Rebels certainly anticipating helping themselves tomorrow night when they host Arkansas. But we'll talk to Pat about that. We've also got Eli Craner, and I want to spend a little time talking football with Eli, the former quarterback with us today. Look forward to visiting with him about uh, an option to read this weekend. Books, Jerry. And we will also get uh, his thoughts on football. And then at the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to Tony Kemper, who has done a remarkable job. I just remarked about it. He's done a remarkable job in turning around the Central Arkansas women's basketball program. From last year to this year, it is night and day. They've already won more conference games than they won all of last season. So we're going to visit with him about what the keys were to coming in here and doing the job and what brought him in. He had a uh, perfectly good job prior to this. Why did you decide to come? So we'll talk to him about all that. Uh, also today, we're going to talk about the NFL and the matchups this weekend. And the question of the day today is also NFL-related. Christian, isn't it? This may be the earliest question of the day delivery yet. Uh, of the four differences remaining, which one is the best, in your opinion? Is that the question? They all have great attributes. Which, which defense would you want of the four yeah, that remain? Like that. Yeah, okay. Whose defense do you want? San Fran's defense... Front seven could be the best if you wanted just to rank, you know, the front sevens. Uh, Secondary is a little weak. You know, if you beat the 49ers, that's how you beat them, by throwing the ball. Tough to run on them. I saw uh, same, with, same with the Lions. The Lions run defense is great. The Lions run defense is the best that's left in the playoffs. They give up 3.7 yards per carry. That was third in the league this year, and it's by far the best rush defense yards per carry that's left. I saw some crazy stat on the, and I can't remember. I should have written it down. I'm stupid. I don't know where I saw it. But anyway, it was about the Chiefs defense, and it was like they've given up less than 24 points. On the, they're in the longest streak of giving up 24 points or less in like 20 years. So it's been forever since a team has gone this long without giving up 24 points in a game. So the defense is definitely carrying them. And, oh, by the way, you got a former MVP at quarterback and a really good offensive mind as your head coach. So 
That's why I gave him at least a puncher's chance is the fact that you got Mahomes. You never know what he's going to pull off. And you got Andy Reid. Those are intangibles that always give you a shot. Go ahead. All right, here you go. They gave up 24 to Buffalo last week. They gave up 7 to Miami, the first round of the playoffs. 12 to the Chargers, 17 to the Bengals, 20 to Las Vegas. And you remember, the defense didn't really give that up. That was the game where the offense had the turnovers, and that led to some scores. I think one of them, was it a pick six, and the other one led to, or was it two? I think it was two defensive touchdowns. Uh, The uh, Patriots scored 17, and then their rematch of the first meeting with Buffalo, Buffalo scored 20. So it was the Packers that Really, Chiefs, does, that started that streak. Or let me give it to it. you. Here's a stat. That's not. Let me give you a more complete picture of it all. Um, the Chiefs have given up 24 or less points in 18 of 19 games. Okay. The best defensive run since the Seattle Legion of Boom defense in 2013. To put it in perspective, so it's been 11 years, not 20. But it's been a long time since there has been a team that has been that good defensively and that consistent defensively. And the thing about it is, you can't look me in the face and tell me you don't think Patrick Mahomes can lead that offense to 24 points in a game. So I'm not saying they're going to score 24 this week. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying you can't, with a straight face, look at me and go, there ain't no chance, no way, no scenario where Patrick Mahomes can muster up 24 points. I don't believe that. You don't either. No, that's why I'm not betting my mortgage on Are you betting Baltimore. Mine? Yeah. Oh, I've already bet a, a nice chunk on Baltimore. You're betting my mortgage on it? No, but I, if it was not for Patrick Mahomes, I would put even more on this game. I'm that positive that Baltimore is going to cover the three and a half easily. Uh, you talk about the Chiefs defense, and look, it has been. It's a great run. Here's Baltimore's run. Uh, last week against the Texans in the playoffs, they gave up... Three points. It was a punt return touchdown that the Texans scored. The week before that, uh, against Miami, a good offense, they gave up 19 points. Seven came in the fourth quarter in a meaningless game when it was 35 uh, to 12. Week before that, San Francisco, pretty good team that they played. Uh, They held San Francisco to 12 points until the fourth quarter when they gave up another meaningless fourth quarter touchdown when they were up 35 to 12. Well, those points still count, Wes. Sure they do. I'm just telling you, I'm putting it in perspective here that they're dominating these teams. And yeah, they may give up a fourth quarter touchdown um, when the game is well in control. To me, that makes the stats look even better. Uh, They also gave up, the offense gave up a safety against San Francisco that added to the point total for San Francisco, and they held Jacksonville to seven. Those are all four good teams that they've played in the last four weeks. And basically, through three quarters of play, they've given up 12 points or less. I think this is a defensive battle between Baltimore and Kansas. If you want to put something on it, I'd go under. I think it's 44-and-a-half. I don't know me. if either team gets in the 20s. Oh, I think that's, that's – I think you're giving a lot of credit. To the defenses? Yeah, I mean, you also have two really good... you got two magical quarterbacks. you got two former MVPs um, and one that's probably going to be MVP again. I just I, I just think anything could happen in this game. There are too many variables to, to really wager a significant amount of money and be confident in it either way. The, the bottom line is, to me, the defenses are basically a wash when you look at the number one and number two scoring defenses. Except for Kansas City's run defense isn't very good, and Baltimore runs the ball. They're the number one running team in the NFL. Points... They gave, up run, they gave up yardage last week. They gave up a lot of run yards last week. My point is, you got the number one score, scoring defense and the number two scoring defense, okay? Okay. All right. So my point is, which offense do you trust more is Baltimore, what it comes down yeah. to. Okay, Baltimore. that's what I'm trying to say. Because what I just said, they're the number one running team in the NFL. What's the Chiefs' kryptonite running the ball? Yep. Ben, but don't break. you still got to find a way to get it in the end zone. Nope. And then that's where the you know, Lamar Jackson effect comes into play. Yeah, You saw two running touchdowns from him last week. You get inside the red zone, he's another threat that most teams don't have. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't run, so, I mean, you know, he's not no threat of that. Not as much. I mean, he'll take off and run, but, yeah. I mean, he's liable to break his ankle and limp around all game. You hate the Chiefs, and you don't respect them, oh, and it I is disagree. hilarious. I mean, I won a, a bunch of money on the Chiefs Five in the AFC, first round against Miami. And you bet against them this weekend. Five AFC championship games in a row. That was six. Maybe it is. Anyway, it's just hilarious to me that you're so dismissive of them and after they've been there time after time. It's hilarious to me. I'm giving them me. all the credit in the world. I just don't think they're going to win this game. Anyway, I didn't come in to argue about Mahomes against uh, against uh, 
you know, Baltimore and their defense or or the, you know, the future MVP. I came to argue about Brock defense. Purdy, and I want to talk well, about I that. We're too. arguing defenses. We are. Well, I mean, we're not arguing about them. Um, I think, I mean, look, the stats speak for themselves. I mean, you got the number one and number two. And then, you know, Detroit versus San Francisco. I mean, you got to give the edge to San Francisco with thinking overall defense. But Detroit has obviously played remarkably well in the postseason so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the Rams have threats all over the field. And Detroit did a pretty darn good job in that game. Now, obviously, they were fortunate to escape, but they made enough plays down the stretch, and they, they held them down. What did they give up, 23 points? Was it 24-23? It was a one-point game, right? Yeah. Anyway... So, I mean, they faced some good offenses. The Rams were rolling. Bucks. Hmm? Lions, Bucks. No, in the first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the first round. You lost me. Yeah, well, just you try to keep up. They played two playoff games. That was mm-hmm. the first one. Yeah, it was 31-23 this week. Yeah. It was a one-point game against the, the, Raven, or the uh, Rams. Yeah, 24-23. Okay, that's what I thought. Exactly like this was a month ago. It was two weeks ago. Where have you been? Anyway, um, so... Yeah, I just think you got four great defenses, and I think the Chiefs maybe deserve a little more credit. And again, I don't look at total defense because if you look at total yards given up, it, it, the 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 numbers would come out differently on which teams are going deep. When you look at scoring, that's what it comes down to. It's how many points mm-hmm. you've given up? Yeah, red zone defense is a huge stat. Yeah, the Chiefs have Keep been really good. There. So, and the Chiefs easily—I mean, look—the Chiefs easily could have scored. Seven more points when they fumbled, fumbled in the end, zone. the end zone. And then you all, we all know. We all agree, right? If they had to go down and score at the end. Oh, I thought they were. Yeah. Even when they were kicking the field goal to tie it, in my mind, I wasn't thinking, I still got a chance to win this bet because they go to overtime and Buffalo can win it in overtime. No, I was thinking Mahomes was going to get the ball, they're going to drive down, mm-hmm. and they're going to kick a field goal and win this game. Yeah, and he's like, okay, well, Hardman doesn't want to hold on the ball. We'll give the ball, you know, who they feed the first first game. They fed Rice who most of us had never really even heard of. So I just think they'll figure it out a way. And I have so much faith, so much faith in Andy Reid. I have a lot more faith in Harbaugh than I do Buffalo's coach. But McDermott. McDermott, thank you. Um, but anyway, 661-1037 if you want to weigh in on this. So wh- who are you picking? You got one defense. You're taking the Ravens, obviously. I'm the yeah. Ravens, yeah. Yeah. You're only taking the Ravens because they're playing Kansas City. No, I'm not. At. The it's Ravens have been the best Niners. team in the NFL for a while. They showed that against the 49ers. They didn't have. Did they have uh, Debo? Nope. They didn't. They didn't. Uh-uh. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe you, but I'll look it up just to double check. To me, I'm not even arguing. I, I agree. I mean, obviously, the Ravens are the easy pick. They're the number one total de- or scoring defense in the league. What? To me, it's between Ravens and Niners, and then probably Chiefs Lions, because Lions secondary is the most suspect of them all. Yeah, even though Brian Branch is really good. Well, yeah, Debo played. Did he? Four catches, forty-seven yards. Ran the ball seven times for thirty-five yards. Okay, I tried. Um, Try to sneak that past the goalie. Well, you know, no. I actually didn't even research it, but I know they got their butts kicked. But you know, San Francisco beat Dallas by how many points? Yeah, no, and that's why I thought San Francisco was the best team. After they beat Philadelphia, after they beat Dallas convincingly, but Baltimore my, was kind of sliding under the radar. You keep, you keep going on. off on these paths. I'm going down this main road, and you keep going off on these side streets on me. My point is, what was the margin is my question? 20? When the, 25, 30? which margin? How bad did they beat the Cowboys? The 49ers? Yeah, 20-something. Tw- but but none of us thought the next day that like they were that much better than the Cowboys. Things Everything could go wrong went wrong. I think if they played 10 you think they're going to beat them that bad on a regular basis? I don't. At the time, Dallas was looking very bad. Yeah. Now, Dallas improved. And you remember the, after that game when Mike McCarthy opened up the offense and, and quit. He, he wasn't so stubborn about just right. running the ball, running the ball. He opened it up and let Dak throw. Then that's when they had all their success. So, yes, I was a little bit more hopeful yeah. that if there was an NFC championship game for Dallas and San Francisco, it would be closer. I guess my point is I don't think the Ravens are that much better than the Niners either. And you're convinced that that just proves everything and that they're not going to have a chance to win if they play again in the Super Bowl. And that's maybe true. Yeah. But I don't think they're 25 points better than them is my point. I think it's a bad matchup for the Ravens. For the 49ers. The Ravens do what the 49ers don't like. And that, that's partly from what Coach Kelly told us about how little the Ravens play dime, that they stick to a lot of a lot, some nickel and a lot of man-to-man, and the 49ers do not have success against that this year. You've got really great 
coaches as you would imagine. Harbaugh's been there forever. Reed's great. Shanahan, I think, is offensively you know as good as they come, which is part of the reason people are crapping all over Purdy, which I'm not going to stand for anymore. And then obviously you got a, a you know a, a step, relatively unproven coach in Campbell who's done a phenomenal job, and he's got a quarterback who's been around a long time and has a lot of experience. They run the ball well. Got a you got an all pro receiver. I mean they've got a lot of pieces. Laporta tight end. Yeah. So I did see they're thin there though. That's like basically they're down to signed Ertz. Yeah, they're down to like practice squad guys. Yeah, they did. I didn't see they that. They signed Ertz yesterday. Put him on the practice squad and plan to activate him for the championship game. Generational ring chaser right there. Wait until there's four teams left and sign. He was a pretty good. He was. He was. A he good was. Guy. And, yeah. yeah. But they're desperate. Like he yeah. said, it wasn't like he's chasing the ring. Does anybody they think that that shouldn't be allowed? You shouldn't be signing guys in the third week yeah, of the I don't playoffs. Think you should be able to. Hmm. That's dumb. That's unless, almost as dumb as the fumble through the end zone. Unless you have a player that gets injured in game. Yeah, I mean, it's just we have a practice it's, squad for. I just don't think you should be able to sign somebody from the clear blue sky. But how many players can you have on the practice squad? Didn't it like ten? Yeah, it's not very many, so you could possibly not even have a tight end. That's a good point. I know it just seems weird to me to add a guy to your roster in like week three of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem weird? It does it is, seem weird. Yeah. When, when that happened, I was like, huh, I didn't know you could do that. But to be honest, the players that you're adding now aren't very good because if they were good they would be on a roster probably mm-hmm. but i mean Ertz is also a guy that's been around and maybe for been. the amount of money it's going to take to get him he wasn't worth a roster spot but he is experienced and i don't think he ever said when he was playing that he wasn't talented no he was good yeah well, what's he been anymore has he been working out i guess so he played for the cardinals last right mm-hmm. when did that end the cardinals cut him sometime this year towards the end of yeah. the year okay so he played this season he did yes. all right okay 1022. Uh, Rebecca's on. I'm guessing she's not going to like your comments. Well, I guess about I know the what Chiefs. side she's taking. Yeah. What's well, up, Rebecca? I, correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Wes. Last week you were you were just convinced Friday Buffalo would destroy Kansas City. Even with their decimated defense, no. Buffalo was going to destroy Kansas no. City. No. Yet that's not what no. happened. And speaking of No, their do you want to stop defense, and let me talk? You want okay, Friday? Fine, I did not know I, the defense was decimated. I didn't learn until Sunday how bad Buffalo's defense was decimated. And so that's why I didn't spend any more money and didn't lose any more money because Sunday I was scared. Sunday I was like, I don't think I'm going to win this bet. I did not okay, know speaking, how bad the Buffalo defense was. Speaking of that bad defense, this is a next man up. There should be a next man up mentality on every team in the league, like there is in Kansas City. One player goes down, next man up. You're ready. No excuses. I remember when Kansas City played Tampa Bay. Our offensive line was decimated. We lost. People were saying, oh, no excuses, no excuses. We didn't make excuses. Yeah, we played terribly. We lost. Better team won back then. No, no, this time, oh, Buffalo didn't have all their defensive players. Buffalo didn't have, no, no, next man up, next man up. I don't care if the backup to the backup to the backup was playing. They should have been ready. And then as far as that kick going wide right, was not Bass's fault. He missed that. They didn't lose the game because of that. Like Justin just said, that kick was going to tie up the game. You were going to, they were going to leave Patrick Mahomes, what, a minute, 30, 37 seconds to march down the field and then win it? Imagine what he would do with a minute and 30 since he did it in 13 seconds two years ago. The better team won. The better team won, the better player won. Josh Allen is just overhyped. People won't admit it. He's overhyped. He's talented, but he's overhyped. And I wish they'd quit comparing, saying this is another Brady and Manning rivalry. Because it it's not. At least Manning had won an MVP or two. Allen hadn't even won an MVP, let alone a championship game. Burrow, I, at least, I, can, I think Burrow's a better quarterback than Josh Allen is. And then they wanted us to go on the road. That's what, he went on the road. He proved he could win on the road. And I, res- I mean, I respect I think it's going to be a tough game come Sunday. It's going to be a tough game, but yeah, I'm still from. I, I'm still giving my Chiefs a chance because of number fifteen. Number fifteen has proven, and the game's on the line. He will put the team on his back, and he'll get us down there, and he will do what needs to be done. 
Rebecca, I hope you win by 100. Good luck. Rebecca. Good luck. The better, well, yeah, what? The better team won Sunday. Yeah, I know that. Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Have a good day. Bye-bye. The Chiefs are not only the number two scoring defense in the league, they're the number two total defense in the league. So they're not giving up a lot of yards. You can say rush, but they're obviously not giving up much through the air. So, again, it's all about matchups, right? It is. And can you adjust? Yeah. So you got two great coaches, you got two great quarterbacks, and you got two great defenses. Right? Yeah. Those are all yeah. It's not, everything not debatable. I've said. That's why I'm not betting a ton of money, just because of what she said. Scoring, because of number 15. Scoring defenses. That's the only thing that worries me. Scoring defenses. Baltimore 1, KC 2, San Fran 3. Buffalo 4. Pretty good defense through the year. Total defense. Buffalo was back in the pack. Cleveland was number one in total defense. Kansas City second in the Jets. Carolina. That's surprising. Dallas, Baltimore. So Baltimore. Carolina's defense was good. Yep. I watched. Just think how bad they just how, how bad they would have been. How, without, how, how many and, wins they would not have gotten hey, without. Think that. about this. How much better would their defense have been if they weren't always on the field because the offense stunk? Right. The Cowboys struggled to move the ball against Carolina. Yeah. They, I was impressed with their defense. Uh, it's ten twenty-seven. I got to take up for Brock Purdy here, only because I just don't understand the level of vitriol that is being thrown in his direction. Also, people are going after Josh Allen like he's some kind of bum because they haven't been able to get over against Kansas City, and I don't understand that thinking either. So maybe you can help me get that. People what? don't like when people get overrated. That's the answer. What's overrated about Josh Allen? Not Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's actually really good, but he he can't get over the home versus Kansas City. Brock Purdy. Is- it's kind of the same story with Dak. I mean, when you don't produce in the playoffs, yeah, that's all that matters. He's produced in the playoffs. He just can't beat Kansas City. Yeah, He's been productive against Kansas City. My thing is, it's a team game. It's not just Josh Allen. Josh Allen was great in the first two meetings. Yeah, he was. Great. Not good, great. Yeah, he had, Josh he, Allen's and they still lost. He did everything to win the game. Except for give Mahomes a little bit too much time. But Josh Allen's elite. They had 13 seconds. What? Josh Allen's elite. Yeah. Brock Purdy's not. Brock Purdy's in his second year. Oh, I know. Brock Purdy just started, and he's a, he threw for 4,400 yards this year. I know. So that's what I don't get. You can explain it to me. on the, we, can, we can talk about it later. I, I want to discuss it. I don't get it. I mean, the guy just started in his career. His stats would indicate that he's elite. The eye test I didn't, I'm not even different. saying he's elite. I don't understand why people are crapping on him like he's a bum. It's dumb. He's not a bum. No, but a lot of people are treating him like he is, and it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a very similar conversation that they're having with Tua because they're both surrounded by a lot of weapons. They get the ball to those weapons, and those guys get results, but they don't want to give credit to Tua or Purdy. I honestly think Tua and Purdy are average, around average, I would say. Boy, you're going to have a hard time selling me on that. Let's, let's you look at the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. There are a lot of bad quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah let's get, let's get back to that. Average. Coach Kemper's calling. Let's take a break. It's 1029. Fence Brokers presents Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. This is Sports Center. Just two games in college basketball's top 25 last night. It was North Carolina 85, Wake Forest 64, R.J. Davis. A career-high 36 points for the Tar Heels, including 23 in the second half. Lift the heels to 8-0 in the SEC. Kansas Jayhawks got back on track last night, 74-69 over Cincinnati. At home, it was Johnny Furphy, who led the way with 23 points and 11 rebounds last night for Kansas. Loaded slate tonight, including number 6 Kentucky traveling to South Carolina. Duke travels to Louisville with Wisconsin is at Minnesota, Creighton hosts Xavier, Michigan and Purdue, and one top 25 matchup tonight, number four Houston, and number 21 BYU from the Marriott Center in Provo at 8 o'clock on ESPN+. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Rock and Roll Piano Bar open every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Cold drinks and dueling pianos. Deep nightclub downstairs hosts karaoke on Tuesdays and DJ spin on Friday and Saturday nights. Visit WillieD'sPianoBar.com. Come and get your Willie on. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. 
What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Christy Pettit in Mamel, Matt Cooper in Russellville, or Madison Buse in England. Hey folks, this is Trey Johnson with HJ Trailer Sales in Hot Springs, and we have a big New Year's sale going on. All current inventory has been marked down like a 23 Delta 32-foot 24K trailer down over $3,000. A Good Guys 35 plus 5 20K trailer marked down over $3,000 under MSRP. All these trailers come with a one-year factory warranty. We have financing for everyone, whether you have good credit or bad credit. Come see why so many people are choosing to buy from HJ Trailer Sales. Check us out at Facebook or at HJ Trailer Sales. What's better than getting something for free? Winning. And with the five buck bundle from the Arkansas Scholarship Lottery, you get the chance to do both. For five bucks, you get three tickets a Powerball ticket with Power Play, a Mega Millions ticket, and a free Natural State Jackpot ticket. That's three ways to win. So ask for the five buck bundle today. Bundle is eligible with Quick Fix only. Offer ends February 29th. Call 1 800 522 4700 for problem gambling helpline. It's hard being the number one midday sports talk show in Arkansas. What can you expect when you're on top, you know? It's like Napoleon, when he was the king, you know, people were just constantly trying to conquer him, you know, in the Roman Empire. So it's history repeating itself all over again. Let's see if Justin Agree and Westmore can keep living up to the lofty expectations on the zone. I think we've started a good debate. I don't know if anybody else on board with this, but we're going to fight with each other today, so that's fun. Christian's about to get it. Uh, but we'll, we'll argue in the next segment. Right now we got to talk about college hoops. Maybe Coach Kemper's been paying attention to the NFL. He might have some thoughts on this, too. I guess he's been a little busy coaching his team. Tony Kemper joining us from the Central Arkansas Sugar Bears. He has turned the program around with uh, some uh, solid recruiting and some great in-game coaching decisions. And the Sugar Bears off to a great start. In fact, they've already won more conference games than they won all of last season. And Coach, uh, I guess, pulled himself away from an early workout to come and chat with us today. Coach, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm ready to talk NFL. I'm a Chiefs guy. You know, I grew up in Kansas. So okay. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of in my... Uh, this is a pretty nice period for to be an NFL fan if you if you like the Chiefs. No doubt. Well, well, let's hold that part till the end then, because I don't want Wes to make you mad and have you hang up on us, because he's <laughs> he is talking up the uh, Ravens this weekend. I think it's a great matchup, but I, we'll see how it goes. Um, they look pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a great. It's a look. It's the matchup we all thought would we would get. Well, except for a lot of people thought Buffalo was going to get there. Um, before the yeah. season, though, we all felt like Kansas yes. City and, and the Ravens were certainly going to be there at the end. Anyway. Um, instead of talking about uh, that, let's talk about your team. Twelve and six now, four and one in conference games. Last year, this program was eight and eighteen, three and twelve. They had injuries and departures and weren't able to finish the season. You are called on to come and take this program over after that season ended that way. What intrigued you about the opportunity? Well, this program's used to winning, you know, and that so that goes back to my my first here under Coach Daniel. I mean, it, I've got a, a league, cha- a Southland Conference League Championship ring that sits on my desk right now that we got in our final year here. And then, you know, you look at some of those years that Coach Rushing had, um, you know, while I was at Marshall. And, and uh, this is a place that is has a really rich tradition in women's basketball. And I think anytime you can coach the place that's been there before, um, you know, it's, it's 
less of a dream, you know, that you're trying to sell. It's, we, we've, we've been down this road before, and um, so that was part of the recruiting pitch. He talked about some of the kids that we've landed early on, and, um, you know, we can, we can show some pictures of uh, this program in a pretty good place. And so that's, you know, that's the first thing that's intriguing. And working for Dr. Teague and living in Central Arkansas, I think, is, is the second thing that obviously our family was really comfortable, myself, my wife, that, that this would be a great place to be. And, and that's, that's all been proven true. You have a, a unique perspective in the fact that you served not one but two different roles at Central Arkansas before moving over to Marshall uh, as a men's coach and then a women's coach. Not many people coach both in college at the collegiate level, certainly not the Division One level. W- what did you learn from your time coaching men's basketball that you think has served you well coaching women's basketball, or is it all the same? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, a lot of it is the same, I think. I mean, you know, basketball is not that that complicated. Uh, you're you're correct in recruiting matters and, and having the players that can hit the shots when it matters um, is probably the most important thing. And I mean, that goes at the, the highest level, NBA on down. It's all the same. Um, but there, I think you know the thing that you learn on the on the men's side. I think is it's it's really a grind to come up through. Um, I started as a high school coach. Um, moved into junior college, then I was, you know, the the year that we went Division One here at Central Arkansas, I was basically a GA, except I didn't have to call myself that because we we needed another full time position, you know, and so it's kind of, uh, I think on the men's side even more than the the women's side, you've got to look at some of those opportunities and not necessarily how you're getting paid and what you're getting paid, but um, go after things that make sense to to move up. And so kind of had that perspective when I flipped to, to women. And, you know, obviously I was fortunate to flip to women at a time here where Coach Daniel had built a great program. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Megan Herbert. I already knew that, mm-hmm. um, how special she was. And the players around her, it wasn't just her. We, you know, the Rogers, Rogers girls, Destiny, who's at, um, you know, at A-State now. And, I mean, that was, a, that was a good team. And I could see that from down the hallway. You know, and so when that opportunity came came around, I think it made the decision to switch a little bit easier. So you, you learn stuff from from all your stops, and, and that certainly is true for being on the men's side and women's side. But ball is ball, and you got to be you got to be good at the same things. Whether you're you know trying to get get the win at Queens, you know what what uh, Coach Boone's trying to do tomorrow over there versus here, it's probably a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Coach, is this a complete different roster from last year? Did, did uh, you have anybody coming back, or did you just remake this roster? It, it's pretty close to being completely different. I mean, we, had a, we have a whole new staff, um, and we have we have 13 players. Ten of the 13 are, are new, you know. So we kept three, um, Kier Prim, uh, Randrea Wright, and then Kenley Fisher, who's from Greenwood. Um, those three have been tremendous. Uh, you know, I leaned a lot on the people that were around here for, for what uh, personality-wise and stuff. Are they going to fit? Are they not? And then you watch a little bit of film. But to be honest, you've got to make decisions in recruiting, and especially in this day and age, you have to make them pretty fast, you know, because oral recruiting is used to used to get really get to know people and, now you try to do that, but you're doing it over, I mean, sometimes a weekend. You know, I mean, it can happen super fast. So we kind of did that with, I kind of did that with the people that were already here. And, and uh, you know, those, those were right. Those, those three are, have been great um, and really important in kind of building some early success. And then uh, we went out and got 10, 10 more to, to put with them. Talking to Tony Kemper, Sugar Bears coach from Central Arkansas on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Offensively, this this has been a significant turnaround. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy and, and how you were able to recruit to what you wanted to do on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, I mean, we, we shoot quite a bit of threes, although, you know, this team, number-wise, we're not shooting them quite with the volume that I thought we would. I think that is mostly because, you know, they, people can't help a lot off of us. So it sort of ends up 
being I clear some space. We try to clear some space with our offense, and then if you're not going to help off that corner, then you know we're going to we're going to beat you one on one at the rim. And and we've had we have a crew of guards that can do that, you know. And so we've really uh, we've really kind of. I think we built it with quite a bit of shooting, and then that's not exactly how, if you look at our numbers, we're necessarily scoring it, and that's kind of a, a product of how people have decided to guard us. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of been our thing is let's get some shooters, and then that that opens up other stuff. And, and if if they are going to help, then then you can kind of beat them from the perimeter. And we, we do have the ability to beat you in a couple different ways. we got a, a nice post player. Cheyenne Banks from from junior college that is a threat inside, and then we've really built it to where typically we're playing four shooters at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of kind of how we did it. Kind of how we do it on the offensive end, and, and uh, it's been it's been good to this point. I think this time of year, usually conference play, things slow down. They kind of start to grind a little bit. Um, most teams really know you well by this time of the year, and so you know we've really been trying to work over the last week or so at even improving where we're at right now so uh coach pat and i have talked pat bradley and i have talked a lot over the years about mental advantages and and teams can find those in different ways one of the things i think that gives a team a little bit of an advantage is coming off a loss they get hungry and they get mad and they don't want to feel that way again your team has been remarkably good at bouncing back after losses this year six and oh what's uh what do you credit that to i mean what's what are keys in getting your team's mind right uh, obviously, the matchups certainly make a difference. I would assume in the following games, but what's been uh, working for you with that? Well, I think it, I think it starts with you're right the mental the mental side of of the people that you have on your team, and you know this. I've said this all year. This team likes to play, you know, and that's that sounds um, you know kind of like well, duh, coach. But <laughs> that's not exactly true all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they they like to practice. They like to compete. They like to play. And so, you know, typically if your team is like that, then they're ready to reload and, and work to get that feeling out quickly, you know. And so I don't know that we have, uh, you know, I'm probably in a little bit worse mood. And so maybe we all respond a little bit um, better to uh, to the things that I'm talking about. But they have been resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, they have built pretty good chemistry quickly. And I, I think it's, it goes to sort of like a general competitive nature of who they are as people. And if you have a group that's like that um, individually and you get them in the same room, typically you're going to respond pretty well when things don't go your way. And I think that's more than us really even focusing on, you know, you try to learn about this is what we did well, this is what probably cost us the opportunity to win, and can we turn it around? And so... Uh, they've responded really well. They're high character kids. They they do good in multiple areas, and I think that's you know just that that well, general psychology probably matters more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned players like to play, and that sounds like a duh thing, but you're right; it's not always that case. Players also like gear, coach, and that is also a duh thing. We we should all know that by now. The kids like it, and most of the adults do too. You guys had a little gear issue on your last road trip, I understand, and had to sort of scramble around and figure out a way. To make it work, would you share that story? Well, yeah, we so we we sent uh, we thought we sent eleven bags from Little Rock to uh, where the heck were we? You were in Kentucky, Kentucky. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Except ten of the eleven got there. It just so happens that we we trap we we carry all their basketball shoes in one bag, you know. And that's the only bag that didn't make it. And so we got off the airplane, and we waited for probably two hours there. Um, nobody could really give us information on where they thought the bag was. And so I've got a great staff, and uh, one of the assistants, Tanea Beauclair, she told me that, you know, look, it's on them. If, if our stuff is delayed and we have something that we need, we can just go get it, and we'll send, we can send them the bill. And so that sounded a little bit fishy to me. But but I trusted her, so we took him to Dick's, and uh, it was Destin Duckworth's, Duckworth's birthday, and we went birthday shoe shopping. So I said, whatever, I don't care about color, just get a pair that feels good. We need them for tomorrow. And so we, we dropped some cash that United is uh, is going to take care of for us, which I appreciate, and they, they got some new shoes. And then the bag ended up getting there, but not till about 5 o'clock on game day, and 
you know coaches well because you've been around a lot of us. We don't really like to operate with all those uncertainties, so right. I'm glad we did what we did. You didn't consider playing barefoot? We did not, okay. and I didn't want to practice barefoot. You know, we had shoot-arounds to do. We, we had some stuff we needed to get done, so it's good to have people around that, uh, that know all the rules. You know, not just the NCAA rules, but the United Air rules. That's exactly right. No, that's critical. <laughs> Coach, has the, the fast start 13-6, 4-1 in conference, has that exceeded your expectations? Uh, you know, I get asked that question a lot. I, I thought that I thought that recruiting had gone pretty well, to be honest with you. You, you know, like, I knew we needed a lot of players, and so you kind of sit down, and you always have a list, and we got an awful lot of the people that were um, at the at the top of my list at positions. And so, at that point, you're kind of like, well, you're going to find out if you're if you're smart in recruiting or not, you know. And and uh, and yet, it, pro- it probably does. I mean, we're in a really good place. I, I think the team is hungry. Um, I think they'll get more. I don't think we're probably done yet. And so, to be sitting here at at uh, four and one in the league and, and where we're at overall, it probably came together a little bit faster than what I I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, it, it comes down, basketball comes down to can you win close games? And that's the difference between um, jumping out there and having a really good year. And sometimes you get kind of stuck in, in around 500 and stuff because you, you get in those tight games and you can't make the plays to win. And, you know, that, that the home stand against Lipscomb and Austin P that was really big, I think, for confidence for us and learning how to win against some of the traditional powers in the league, um, I think was really important. So, we're in good shape right now. Hopefully we stay hungry, and, and I think we can continue to move it. Yeah, I was looking through your schedule again, and I've watched some of these in person, but 6-5, six, 6-5-1, five, six, five, some of your close victories over the season. So you're right, your team finding a way, and uh, hopefully you get a, a few more that are double-digit victories. Uh, real quick, uh, tomorrow, 6-30, Queens at home. This weird schedule we have here, we're playing like, a lot of times we're playing like double-headers but the teams aren't facing the same teams. It's, mm-hmm. it's very strange. Anyway, that's not the case tomorrow. You get the, the one-off. But uh, tell me about Queens. Give me the matchup breakdown, Coach. Well, Queens, is uh, they're going to be athletic. They're going to try to pressure a little bit. They're, you know, like you said, the league's kind of interesting. They're sort of in the other side. We don't really have sides, but our schedule breaks down that way. Right. Um, so we only play them once. And, uh, you know, I haven't played them in the past before, so this, this will kind of be a new one for me. I think that we are a group that's played well at home to this point. And as you look at the matchup, I think that's that's something that needs to continue. You know, we, we've been a pretty good defensive field goal percentage team. Um, that's something that you can kind of get them into the shots that we probably like. And that's probably going to be important tomorrow. Can we rebound? Um, and then can we find find some offense on our own? Well, good luck to you. I uh, hope to see you again soon. I guess it won't be this weekend as we're uh, passing like ships in the night, but we wish you lots of luck tomorrow and the rest of the way, and I will see you again soon. That sounds great. I appreciate you having us on and, and uh, talking to, talking a little bit about Sugar Bear basketball. Absolutely. Keep it up, Coach. Thank you. Thanks. All right. See you. Tony Camper on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Sugar Bear's got it going. Hopefully they keep it going tomorrow. Again, 630 tip. Great story. It is. And, you know, again, he was here with Rand Chapel as the men's head coach as an assistant. Then he moved over and coached with Coach Daniel. And then they went to Marshall together. And then he came back as the head coach after being promoted to head coach at Marshall after Coach Daniel left. So, hmm. uh, yeah, he's had an interesting career. He's been around, seen a lot of hoops, doing a great job. They're fun to watch. Their offense is really good. And uh, I'm glad to see him having some success. It's been a rough couple seasons. So, 1049, we'll come back. If we've got time, we'll fight a little bit more. Hopefully. This is Pat Bradley for Brewski's Sunday, January 28th. NFL Conference Championships kick off at 2 p.m. and then at 5.30 p.m. Brewski's has you covered with Sunday Funday drink specials, all-new Smashburger lineup, 10 different wing sauces, skillet dips, and nachos. Watch it on the Brewski-tron or plenty of our TVs. Brewski's, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. Two locations, downtown Little Rock, and the new location in Lakewood Village, North Little Rock. Check us out online at brewskiespubandgrub.com. Hey, Razorback fans, it's Quinn Grovey. Check out the new location of Bell & Sword in Conway. Suits, shirts, vests. 
Also polos with Arkansas logo gear from Johnny O and Peter Millar. A store within a store with Arkansas-made Martin Demon shoes and leather goods. Fantastic service with a tailor-owned staff to fit you perfectly. Go to the new location, Bell and Sword, 1011 Oak Street, Conway, or on Facebook and Instagram. The Bucks are back! At the 34th Annual Reliance Bank Arkansas Big Buck Classic presented by Oaklawn, January 26th through 28th at the State Fairgrounds. You could win a lifetime hunting license, a Browning A-Bolt rifle, or a $1,000 gift card from Hunter's Refuge. The Taka Hunting Gear Game and Fish Foundation Free Kid Zone, including a trout pond, hoverball, buana gym, and more. Hunters, bring your antlers for your chance to win a Tracker Off-Road 800SX from Bradford Marine and ATV. Rattlesnakes, chainsaw carving, birds of prey, monster trucks, and the Oaklawn Big Buck Chili Cook-Off. The Reliance Bank Arkansas Big Buck Classic presented by Oaklawn. Tree stands, clothing, RVs, ATVs, UTVs, ammo, and more. Hundreds of vendors with huge discounts. It's a Hall of Fame event and an Arkansas tradition. January 26th through 28th at the State Fairgrounds. Sponsored by Reliance Bank, Oaklawn Hot Springs, Arkansas, Bradford Marine and ATV, Tracker Off-Road, Hunter's Refuge, Remington, Taka Hunting Gear, Outlaw Beer, and 103.7 The Buzz. Visit BigBuckClassic.com and Facebook for more info. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a night of heart-pounding action. Pinnacle Fight Night, where warriors become legends. On February 3rd, experience the thrill of professional boxing as top fighters Carlos Nava, 10-0 with six knockouts, and Thomas Candyman Blair, 7-0 with three knockouts, defend their perfect records. At the Maumelle Event Center, as fighters from around the U.S. compete for victory, don't miss the chance to be a part of history. Tickets are selling fast, so grab yours today at Eventbrite. Pinnacle Fight Night, where legends are made. Hey, it's Brooke here, and at Chris Crane Hyundai, we've got a huge selection of pre-loved vehicles like never before. Late models loaded with new technology? Check. Payments to fit any budget? Check. Silverados, Civics, Broncos, and more? Check, check, check. Thanks that love to say yes? You know it. Our pre-loved inventory has never been better than now. Come visit your friends at Chris Crane Hyundai on Museum Road in Conway and online at chriscranehyundai.com. If you're looking for the best midday sports talk show in all of the land, look no further than The Zone in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio with Justin Akri and Wes Moore. get back to it it is uh 10 welcome back in the zone pat bradley coming up the next hour along with the red white report brought to you by big o tires pat presented by river city flooring all right so we were debating quarterbacks earlier and defenses which is our question of the day today which defense you want to ride with chiefs number two total number two scoring ravens number one scoring and the Niners, obviously, one of the nastiest defenses as far as rushing the passer and putting pressure on them and getting the golf this weekend will be critical. And then Detroit, obviously, against the run. We talked about how good they are defensively. We also got a discussion about quarterbacks, and uh, I don't understand the level of uh, dismissiveness, I guess, against Brock Purdy. I'm not trying to say that he's the next coming of Patrick Mahomes. I just don't know that we've seen enough from him, and I haven't seen anything that's been significantly negative. I don't understand the public people who are the talking heads who are down on him or against him just because he happens to be surrounded by some talent, which most of the effective quarterbacks are. So tell me what you don't don't like about him. Okay, so I do think he is a wee bit overrated, only because of, he was put in the MVP talks and he was the front runner for MVP for a long time. I do think that was a little silly. Yeah, I, I think that that's mostly it. He's not... I was a little hyperbolic in saying that he was an average quarterback. He's not average. He's good. I just don't think he's elite. And there's probably only three, maybe four elite quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Yeah. Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow maybe? Burrow, I think, when he's healthy, he is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Brock Purdy's probably around like the, I'd say like 10th. I'll listen to that. Yeah, I just don't understand people who act like he's trash because Shanahan's trash. But a lot of people go, "Oh, well, Shanahan's got this magical system that any quarterback can function in." I got in a debate this weekend with a Green Bay fan about how, "Oh, Brock Purdy's just a system quarterback. He's not any good." It's like you can't just roll anybody in there and be good. Yeah, it's impressive. It's not like he's dinking and dunking. I think he led the NFL in yards per attempt. I think it was nine point one or something. Like nine point six. He does lead the NFL in, in in yards per attempt. He's also got the highest QBR of all the top guys too at one thirteen. He had 31 touchdowns and 11 picks. He's thrown the ball down mm-hmm. the field. He threw the, he threw the ball downfield a lot more than Josh Allen did this week. And yeah. I saw the stats. I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, I think uh, Josh Allen had like 
ten behind the line or right at the line of scrimmage. McCaffrey's the most dangerous maybe weapon in the NFL. Yeah. And we can all agree Debo Samuel may be one of the best, if not the best, X-Factors, although Tyreek Hill would probably be in the really conversation. And Ayuk's really, really good, but is he a number one receiver? I don't know. He's still early in his career, too. My biggest thing about Purdy is I don't know how you crap on the kid when he's 20 games into his NFL career and he hasn't done anything wrong. He threw for 4,400 yards this year, 31 touchdowns, and I realize he's surrounded by a couple of the better players in the league. McCaffrey might be the best player in the league offensively. But you still have to operate well mm-hmm. at quarterback. You can't just like roll out there. Somebody somebody compared him to Jimmy G. It's like, oh, well, look what he did with Jimmy G. Jimmy G, in their Super Bowl run when he was the quarterback, went 6 of 8 in the NFC Championship game. You know what they did? They handed it off to Mostert about 25 mm-hmm. times, and he had 220-something yards in the game. That is not the same thing as what they are doing with him. If Brock Purdy doesn't play well down the stretch, if he doesn't play damn good on that last drive, they don't win the game the other day, McCaffrey or otherwise. And he did it with his feet on the one big run, and he did it with his arm. I think it was four out of five on the last drive. And again, I'm not saying he's Mahomes. I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not even sure he's going to be good. I just don't understand the thinking of he's not good because he plays for Shanahan or he's not good because he may not be the most athletic guy in the league. That's why he get drafted last. Well, we saw it with the quarterback, Jimmy G. It's like he played for Shanahan, and you could watch him and be like, this guy's not that great. Yeah. Uh, he was like, if there was a picture in the encyclopedia of game manager, it would probably be Jimmy G. It's like, please, Jimmy G, just don't mess this game up. But he's less than a game manager because he turns the ball over. And if you, if you do that, you're not managing the game well at all. Yeah. That's why he's not starting in the NFL anymore. Exactly. He got by a long time because he's devastatingly handsome. handsome. That's right. No doubt. I mean, I'm not even, but I would. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, Purdy is a switch teams. Jimmy G could do worse. What? Purdy is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And he he's got the capability to be even higher, and he may be even higher than that. I'm just throwing the number out there at 15. I think the naysayers had a good quarter, two quarters, because he struggled in the rain and had some bad throws, and that lit their fire. But it should have shut them up when he came back on that last right. drive and won the game. Yeah, everybody. but that's the thing. They were saying he's not good before the game. So you're right. That just fueled their fire saying, yeah. see, I try to tell you. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand when you look at the body of work. And again, he's got a long way to go to becoming some great quarterback. I agree. But to talk about him being some kind of scrub, I just don't understand the thinking at all. He hasn't ever been bad. He's never been bad at all. I mean, I'm not saying not bad moments or not yeah, bad yeah, quarters. Yeah. I'm just saying, Mike, when you look at the, when he's been available this season, that short season, this season, pretty good. Yeah. I don't get it. How many times has someone said they lost that game because of him? Like once. Well, they they, they, interception they didn't win this week without him, I'll tell you that much. King of Arkansas Sports Talk, Randy Rainwater for Bet Saracen. There's big news in the mobile sports betting business. Bet Saracen was just named the 15th largest sports book in America. That's because our Kansas like to do business with a winner. Find all your winners on Bet Saracen. Download it today and look for my double R prop bet specials. I pick.